So, we're continuing on with the letter of 1 John here at Mosaic. And uh, probably by now, most of you can tell me who John was writing to and and why. Um, But for those who haven't been here, um, let's just start with a very, very quick uh, recap. John is writing to a group of Christians. It's kind of at the end of his life, uh, late in his ministry, uh, but it's at the start of the early church sort of thing. And it's a time where there are lots of ideas about spiritual health and enlightenment and truth going around. Um, You know, John and the followers of Jesus are not the only ones who have ideas about that. And there's a group called the Gnostics who are saying some things that are really challenging uh, some of the Christians who are, you know, they've learnt this truth about Jesus Um, And they're trying to put that together with some other things they are hearing and knowing. Um, And and John is is writing and saying, you can't believe all that you're being told. Actually, let me remind you what is good, what is healthy spirituality. So as we've already looked at in in week one, uh, John uh, basically says, your faith isn't just something that is, is individual, Uh, God speaks through the church, through community, through history, and actually we teach each other, we learn from each other, we rebuke each other, we help each other. Uh, So we grow together in community. Faith is not just a private experience. And he says we we come to Christ, he is the centre of our faith, he is our saviour, and we need to... Uh, model our lives on him. And as we look at our lives, as we look at Jesus' life, we should see that our lives are becoming more and more like his. We should see changes in our life. In other words, what he was pushing back on is this idea that spiritual life is just something that happens inside of us um, privately that doesn't affect the rest of our life. He's saying no. No, it is uh, an an external experience as well as an internal experience. It changes all of our life. Then he taught in uh, chapter 3 what is, what is going to help us understand this and move into true and healthy spirituality is to actually understand that it changes who we are. Um, it's not just a, a few rules or a few teachings or ideas that we add to our existing life. But our identity changes. And so he's saying to them, you can't keep going along with with all the things that you've known in life so far. Uh, Some of the cultures, the ways of the world, actually come from the kingdom of darkness. And when you come to say that you want to follow Jesus, you're stepping out of that. And you're stepping into a new kingdom. Even though you're still here on earth, Actually, your identity and who you follow and what you um, accept is different. Your identity changes. Well, today, in chapter 4, he's wanting to get to something that's at the core of that kingdom that we're stepping into. The very core of uh, the kingdom of God and the very core of even God's identity. Love. Love. And he wants us to understand that 
that spiritual health, spiritual growth, means that we uh, will grow in love. So we're going to read a section of chapter 4 together. Who's up for a little bit of fun as we read the Bible? Is anyone... Okay, for the sake of three hands, um, we're going to do this as an interactive reading tonight, okay? So um, everyone who's kind of on this side of the room, whenever we come to the word God in this reading, I want you to say the word God nice and loudly, okay? You're going to read that word. And everyone on this side of the room, you're going to say the word love, Um this is just, you're just indulging me. My kids have been at music camp for the last two weeks and I've been going to all these recitals and watching the conductors and I've gone, oh, I'd love to be a conductor. And so tonight, I am going to lead a symphony. This is my moment to shine. All right, are we ready? So if I point to you, what are you going to say? Excellent. Listen, these guys are louder. Do you want to have another crack? There is more of them. Excellent. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> You're carrying the team tonight, Josh, I think. All right. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending us his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved, but that he us and sent us his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his is brought to full expression in us and has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have living in them, and they live in We know how much us, and we have put our trust in his, is, and all who live in, live in, and lives in them. <laughs> As we live in, our grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such has no fear because perfect expels all 
fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We each other because he us first. If someone says, I but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't people who can who we can see, how can we whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command those who must also their fellow believers. Well done. Well done. So John uses the word love 48 times in this um, letter, this book of the Bible, and it's not a very long book. So if you've been tracking along over the past few weeks, you're probably sitting here tonight and going, I feel like John has said this. There's definitely some repeated themes in here. He has talked about our need to grow in love and our connection to other people a number of times. But here tonight, he's really wanting to hone in on focus on uh, why this idea of love is so important for us as followers of Jesus, why it is so central to our faith. And more than that, he wants us to understand how we grow in love. In the opening verses, he uses very black and white language again, that anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not um, love does not know God. This is very polemic language. Um, He's intentionally getting you to think of a a divide, that there are two things here, two sides, two uh, categories, and they're incompatible. And he's doing this to make sure we don't miss what he is saying. He's going, this is really, really important stuff. I want you to hear this. We can't claim to be spiritually alive or enlightened if love is not something that is coming alive in us. The two go together. So the Gnostics were quite content that they could grow in a a beautiful relationship with the divine, that they could have this encounter in the spiritual realm, but not actually have to deal with their relationships on earth. And John is just saying that's not true. That is not healthy. Don't believe that. The core purpose of this chapter is that John wants us to see and understand that true, healthy, spiritual growth will see us grow in love for others. It's not optional. And if we are not seeing this in ourselves. John is saying there should be an alarm bell for us. We actually should recognize that that isn't right and there's something not right there. So this is the central theme of this chapter. 
But it's interesting that as we, we look at it, and, you know, John is clearly wanting us to love. He's wanting us to love. He kind of doesn't spend a lot of time trying to hype us up to love more. He doesn't get the whip out and say, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. It's, it's, he doesn't give us the sense that he is saying, try harder, work harder at this. Now, I think he is, but that's kind of not where his focus is. Instead, where his emphasis is as we read this is that he wants us to understand why love is core to our faith. And I think in, in doing so, he's teaching us and showing us the way that we will grow in love. That it isn't actually something that we can just try harder at. There is something more that he wants us to know. So he says God is love. And so love comes from God. Love is at the core of our faith, at the center of spiritual growth, because God is love. That is the very essence, the very nature of God. He is love. Our ability to love actually comes from him. He created love. It is his. It is of him. He understands it better than any of us can or will. And John is saying here that we, we can't claim to know love better than him. But he's going on more than that and saying, in fact, we can't know love without him. We only know love because of him, because he has revealed it to us. He has shown it to us. And I think, you know, last week we looked at how he pointed back to Cain, a member of the very first family, to help us understand the, the reality of life on earth. I think he points right back to our created identity in this and says, um, we, in, in being created in God's image, he has made it part of us that we know and understand love. He's put that into us. It came from him. And so what John is saying in this chapter is that the more we press into love... Actually, the more we will know God, and the more we press into God, the more we can know love. The two go together. Everyone who loves actually knows something of who God is. Everyone who loves actually knows something of who God is. And he has made us, at, at least in part, in our identity, uh, to be like him. And as we grow in love, we will also grow in our understanding of him. Right? That's how closely connected these two subjects are for John. He's saying God is love. And as we grow in love, we, we can actually grow to understand God more. But he flips it around, and we've already said this. As we grow in our understanding and our, our knowledge of God, actually our love will grow or be perfected. Complete, become more complete is another 
translation. So John's big question for us in this chapter, um, on the surface at least, is are we growing in love? Love is not a side topic for us as Christians. It is core. If we want to grow spiritually, if we want the life uh, in abundance that Jesus says he came to bring, then we are saying we want to and we choose to grow in love for others as well. So what does this mean? How do we understand love? Hands up if you've heard the word agape mentioned in a church. So in Greek, there are five different words for love. And I'm not going to tell you all about them tonight. But who's heard that agape love is unconditional love? Has anyone heard that before? Yeah. Um, Perhaps more literally, it is translated as um, the quality of warmth or high regard or esteem or value for another. Not based on circumstances. Okay, so it is a posture towards someone, an attitude towards someone that they haven't necessarily earned. It's, it's that sense of unconditional. And this is the word that, um, that John is using in this passage when he says that God is love. So this is the Greek word. Um, now, there's no easy way to just take a sidestep and go on a rabbit hole here on this. Um, but there, there is many research articles that have come out around family violence uh, in Australia and, and how sometimes when the church has preached on unconditional love and forgiveness, um, we have actually made it a challenge for people in abusive situations that they feel that their duty is to keep uh, forgiving, keep loving, and keep accepting abuse. And I just want to put it out there that that's not our call as Christians to just tolerate abuse. Um, So I just want to say that as I'm talking about unconditional love, um, I don't believe the call is that we sit in a place where we are being abused and accept that. Um, That's not, I believe, what Jesus calls us to. And I just want to put that out there and step back into um, my message. Sorry if that's clunky. I just don't feel comfortable not naming that. Um, as we move forward. So this unconditional love, this, um, this posture of valuing others, not because they've done something, uh, but just because that is what this type of love is about, is what John is talking about and what he says God is. But perhaps more helpful than, than trying to explain Greek here tonight is to look at the example he gives. Because John paints the picture in this passage of what he's talking about. He says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world 
that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. So John is pointing us to a love, a warmth, an affection, a regard that moves into action, that is demonstrated. He's pointing to a love that goes first. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God didn't wait until we loved him. God didn't wait until we ticked all the boxes. He acted in love before we loved him. His love is a love that goes first. And this is the same love that we see in Jesus. Jesus invited tax collectors to come and be his disciples, to come and join in life with him, to be his friend, to journey with him. He called out to Zacchaeus, who was... Uh, sitting up in a tree, thinking that he wasn't worthy of anyone's love, let alone Jesus' love. But Jesus went first. He called out. He noticed him. He knelt down with the, the woman caught in the act of adultery. He defended her. He put himself between her and the rocks. Not because of something she had done for him. But that is because of the love that he is, the love that he has, the love that he offers us. He is love. And so John says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we press into God, as we grow spiritually, as we know Him, our love will grow. The more time that we spend with God, the more we meet him, the more we know him, the more we listen to him, the more we accept his rebuke in our life, the more we are convicted by him, the more we agree with him, the more we become one with him, the more our love will grow. As I've already mentioned, John is, is speaking to some people who, who are being told that actually you can grow spiritually, but don't worry about your relationships with others. John is saying, no. No, that's not uh, what God has invited you into. So John, I think, is, is wanting us 
to understand that love is not simply an instruction that we are given. It's not just a good idea that Jesus promotes. And we can, you know, choose how we respond to that. It's kind of optional. He's saying, God is love, and if we want to know him, and if we want to press into him, it means we, we will grow in love for others, and we need to grow in love for others. John records in his gospel, so not his letter, chapter 13, that Jesus says this, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We know we are growing spiritually when we love like Jesus loved. So how do you feel about that? I think it's quite a challenging uh, passage to sit in. I hope um, that it challenges uh, you as much as it challenges me. And the question that I want to leave with us today isn't simply, are you growing in love? I think that that's a very real question that John um, is asking and wants us to ask. But I want to leave us with the question of how are you growing in God? Or how is God growing in you? Because that's the, the core piece, the underlying piece that he wants us to get. He, he, he wants us to grow in love, but he's saying, you need to be growing in God. The two go together. Are you falling in love with God? Are you spending time with him? This is a, a time of year. I actually love Christmas and New Year's um, for a whole range of reasons. And I know lots of people, you know, get frustrated with Christmas and frustrated that hot cross buns are in the store on Boxing Day. I too am frustrated by that. But I love the break in rhythm for our nation, that things change. It's a change of pace. And I think for many, many of us, it gives us a chance to go, so that year's done. How did that go? How was 2019? And what am I facing in 2020? What is coming? What is this year going to be? And do I want them to be the same? Do I want to do, is, is everything as good as it can be? I think it gives us a space where many of us ask that question. Perhaps you don't. Maybe you don't do New Year's resolutions or any of that. Um, but certainly as, um, as, as I go on holidays over this period normally, um, this is a space where I, I journal, I ask questions and I reflect. And, and I want to pray for us um, many of us will be stepping back into uni or work after a break. Many of us are thinking about things that have happened and, and where we want to go uh, in the future. I hope and I pray 
But this question of, of are we genuinely going deeper with God is something that we'll wrestle with and something that will really make it onto our agenda for the year ahead. And I would love to pray for us in that. God, I want to thank you for the gospel. I want to thank you for the good news that you are love, that you step towards us, that you open your arms to us. I want to thank you that you have chosen uh, to speak to us. You've chosen to write down your message. You've chosen to reveal yourself through Jesus. Because you want us to know you. You want us to move towards you. You want us to say yes to you. You want to call us to yourself, to call us into your kingdom, into new life and into life in abundance. And God, I thank you for it. I want to pray, God, that you will you will help us to reflect how we are going with that. God, I want to pray that you will come and meet us with your love. You will come and meet us with your grace. That we will be able to come to this question and be real and be honest. That we will be able to know and accept there are ways that that you want us to grow. There are ways that you want us to step more towards you. There are things that we have embraced, things that we haven't done, ways in which we, we actually haven't agreed with you. God, I want to pray uh, for those of us who sit and have heavy hearts. that you would actually meet us tonight with your love. That you would help us not to fear coming towards you, but to know that you are warm, that you are eager to connect with us and continue the journey. God, I want to pray that you would meet us and excite us. Excite us for more of your love. Excite us to know you more, to listen to you more. To come before you in humility, to ask questions of you, to offer our lives to you over and over again. And God, I pray with John here that as we come to you, our hearts will be soft enough that you will be able to change us. That you will be able to stir in us and help us to take on the things that you are wanting to do and say in the very deepest parts of who we are. God, thank you that this is who you are, that you are good, that you are love that you want to meet with us and move us forward.
Help us not to 